Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. For this episode, you'll get to meet Kim Alexis, a name from the 1980s, 90s, and even today, who ruled the planet as one of the first supermodels in the 80s. Kim is living her best life in Phoenix, and we catch up with her right after this. Well, guess who's going to win favorite patient at Little Rock Chiropractic and Acupuncture? That would be me. Lisa Fisher, because I went to Jess's Chicken and I delivered lunch to them. Yeah, they have a catering operation there. But when I called, she said, well, we'd prefer 10 or 15 and it was only seven in the office. So I was going out there anyway. And I went to Jess's Chicken and got everybody a box lunch. And if they wanted to, someone could have added the mac and cheese. I don't know why they didn't, because that's what I would have done. But whatever. You do you. They did the 10 count nuggets. They did the chicken sandwich, the chicken salad sandwich. One of the women even texted me and said, whatever that sauce is, I would bathe in it. No, we don't recommend that. But Jess's Chicken is where you in Central Arkansas can go to cater something. They do really big parties. They can do small parties or you can pick it up. They had it ready for me in about 10 or 12 minutes. I went through the drive-thru. They brought it all out to the car. It was just very, very convenient. Jess's Chicken, of course, that's the Bubba's family here in Little Rock. You know them because of their charitable side. You know them because of their business side and what they've done with David's Burgers. But now they've given you options for things like dairy-free. Okay, check. Gluten-free. Okay, check. And of course, always delicious. And the drinks they have have real cane sugar in them, so it's not high fructose corn syrup. They know what they're doing. They're a big family and they care about your family. Jess'sChicken.com. Oh my, have I found something? Have I opened a Pandora's box here? I just had my test results read to me at compounding at cornerstone.com. That's the website here in Little Rock, Arkansas, but all of my listeners can take advantage of the 20% off savings that use Lisa at checkout to get the Dutch test. I did the Dutch. Uh, my daughter did the saliva recently. We used 20% at checkout, actually, because we're in Arkansas. We walked in and said, Lisa at checkout. So you local folks can do that. But 20% off helps you a lot because it is pricier than the saliva. But guys, I had 19 pages worth of data that Allison Ingram, the pharmacist there, she studies it like she's studying for her PhD. Like she knows more about me than anybody else here on the planet. It's amazing what you find out on the Dutch. I have high melatonin. I kind of have low, low cortisol, which surprises me. Um, my estradiol looks good, but it could be better. My testosterone is good. You know, all these things that you find out. I even found out through that test that I have a little gut dysbiosis. And I've had all the other GI tests run, but this is so telling. Find them online, compounding at cornerstone.com. You'll click on our services and then underneath you will see the link for hormone therapy. Guys and gals, get you one. Compounding at cornerstone.com. She won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. I think you're one of those that when I introduced you and I promoted that you'd be on, people are going, Kim Alexis, Kim Alexis. Oh, Kim Alexis. <laughs> it was then one of the names synonymous with 1980s. You were the first supermodel. Well, everybody's got their own opinion on that, but 
you know, whatever, whatever people think, some people claim that supermodel status. It's like, go ahead, whatever. Or your former. Sometimes people say former supermodel. I'm like, great, thanks. Don't I get to keep the title? (laughs) You absolutely get to keep the crown and the sash. And um, because you've done a lot for the beauty industry, though, and for personal beauty. And we're going to talk about that. But for someone listening right now, um, it was the 1980s. It was you, Christy Brinkley. Yep. Um, Beverly Johnson. Yep. Carol Alt. Carol Alt. Then Paulina. Some are older, yes. some are younger. Yeah. Right. But you were kind of being pushed out. That was kind of, and your face was on every glamour magazine. So anyone who shopped for potatoes in the 80s and they were checking out, they saw your face on a magazine. Yeah. So to say, I mean, you literally were a cover girl and I'm sure you still are with some things, but tell me how you got started, how you got discovered and what your life's been like. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll break it up into yeah, chapters. Discovery is way different. So back when I was 17, um, I was accepted early into college in farm, I want, thought I wanted to be a pharmacist. At 17, you know how you don't quite know what you want to do, but right. they're like, okay, blindly pick something and that's what you're going to be. Yeah. So I didn't realize I had an interest in nutrition, but back in the day, they didn't really have nutrition. So it was pharmacy. So I was registered in the fall of my senior year in high school at the University of Rhode Island in the pharmacy program on their swim team. Everything was all set early. And so then I looked and I thought, okay, I have all this free time, meaning, you know, I was busy in high school. I had was mm-hmm. taking college calculus and I was in the band and on the swim team swimming five and a half hours a day. But and I was working for a dollar ninety eight an hour in a drugstore. <laughs> I love it. So thinking I had free time, I decided, oh, well, I'll just do something to make extra money because I wasn't making it in the drugstore. So I enrolled in a modeling school because I had to go through a modeling school back in Buffalo before I could start working at an agency. Never made it to the agency because I got pulled out. Now, meanwhile, I thought I got pulled out of class because I was a tomboy. I didn't fit in. I didn't uh, play the game. I didn't have the portfolio. I didn't have the bag full of the lingerie and all the still don't. Um, so I literally thought I was being kicked out and they said, how would you like to go to New York? I'm like, nope, I'm going to be a pharmacist. So uh, finally, finally, they kept at me and finally I said, okay, we'll take pictures. And so they took some photos, a a local photographer and lo and behold, John Casablancas visited Buffalo, came to my little modeling school. Good. That girls that had been intimidating me earlier all of a sudden are looking at me like wait she got a contract she's standing up there next to him and he's paying all this attention to her so here i am thinking i'm getting kicked out and months later i'm now part of an agency so i finished high school turned 18 and then went to new york so were you groomed by your family as the beautiful daughter the one who you're sh- you're shaking your head. No, really. So <laughs> this was news to you that you were going to be a cover girl someday. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. I I didn't read magazines, believe it or not. I didn't know how to pluck my eyebrows. I didn't know how to put makeup on. And then all of a sudden, I'm plunked into New York City and supposed to like <sighs> do my own for catalogs and stuff. And I'd yeah. One time I looked over Janice Dickinson. I'm sure you know the name. Yeah. So. Sure. I was doing some catalog with her and she's crazy girl, but 
I was yes. watching her and I'm like, okay, what, what did you use there? And I'm watching her put on her eyeshadow and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I put on what she was putting on. I didn't realize that brunettes wear more in colorful makeup than blondes and blondes look yes, like clowns. Yes, we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I looked I looked like a clown next to her. I'm like, oh, this is not working. So I had to like take it all off and figure out what worked. What What, what is your height? <clears throat> uh, 5'10". Okay, so... Was that because it got to be a point in New York that they wanted runway to be about six feet. So were women then about 5'10 to about six feet for runway? They, the parameters back when I was, so 78 is when I started, was 5'8 to like six feet. Oh, it was Mm 5'8. Oh, yeah. That's kind of short now. I know. Isn't that crazy? What What were some of the first jobs you had where your jaw was dropped and you were using a phone to call collect back to what home what's your hometown outside of buffalo new york lockport okay so you you were in new york i thought you were in new york but when you said rhode island it threw me off but calling your family back collect on a sunday where it was cheaper uh collect call from kim alexis um what were some of the first jobs you had then to call your parents about well literally when john was at the agency asking me to go to new york city he promised me that i would go to rome and paris for the italian bazaar collections so two oh. days after I went to New York City, two days after I turned 18, so my birthday's in July, I was literally in Rome and Paris. And so imagine seeing and thinking of all the things you learned about, first was Rome, driving by the Colosseum in a taxi, and literally no one was stopping. Like, I'm like, wait, this is like, this, you just see <laughs> this in books. I'm like, everyone stop yes. the car. And of course, nobody yeah. did. And we worked around the clock. But yeah, so that was my first job, and within four days, I had the cover of that magazine. So that you had the you know, cover in four days. Yeah, my jaw is dropped open. <laughs> my goodness! And were you being paid a day rate then, or as a member? As when agency work then was it different than it's done now? Well, I don't know what people get paid now, and they get paid from followers and not because of their talent or their beauty so don't get me started on that yeah um but back in the day this was an editorial rate and it was pretty low for even editorial but it was a day rate they had a day rate an editorial day rate is that was like 80 dollars. and i thought i'd hit the gold mine you know like because i was working for a dollar 98 an hour i couldn't even make 80 dollars in a week that's right that was two weeks pay for you (laughs) in one day yeah so uh, they weren't feeding you grapes and giving you um, hand massages flying over first class. You probably flew coach. Yes. And got I got there, hit was, the ground running. Yeah. What was funny was that my parents had taught me if I get on a plane that I'm supposed to be dressed up. I had pantyhose on and a skirt. That's and I so didn't realize I had to fly overnight. I'm like, what the heck? Why didn't I wear jeans? Everyone still teases and laughs at that. That's so cute. Um, So did you have siblings back home? I have a sister. She's a year and a half younger. Okay. So I bet she was really on the edge of her seat wanting to know what Sissy's doing. I don't know. I mean, she was, she had her head in the ground too. I mean, she was busy and she was super smart. So uh, just, she was busy with school and with swimming and I don't know. I mean, I'd talk to her and stuff because we're now su- really super close. I keep saying super. That's but awesome. We're very That's close. Awesome. Um, and 
I don't ever really think back. I think it was hard on her because she saw all this attention to me and she had her own strengths of she's just an amazing person. So, Well, the only reason I can even make any statement about you and the reason my connection to you is my cousin Jody Gibson Cummins was your nanny. She was yeah. Jody Gibson then yes. in the late 80s, early 90s. And because there was a Little Rock connection, somebody in Little Rock, I think Barbara Ochter, somebody, I can't remember because Jody was my maid of honor in my wedding. I mean, she, oh, I you know, we were know raised that. together. Yeah, we were raised together. Um, she lived with us after her parents divorced. She came to live with my family and me. It was her dad and the man who adopted me. I'm really adopted into the Gibson family and my dad were brothers. So cousin Jody just, you know, just was one of us. So that's how I even know anything. But I remember one of the things that's most impressive about you is you really look at yourself, Kim, as just an average girl who gets to dress up for a living and then come home and play tennis with your boys. You're very athletic. Mm-hmm. You know, you you if anyone's listening right now thinking that she is Gigi Hadid, Hadid and, you know, people are running after her for an autograph, that's not the life you want to no live. and you no. you don't that's not you no no i'm normally in some type of sporty clothes and outside <laughs> doing something uh healthy trying to anyway. yeah that's where i'm right happy. that's my happy place yeah so you're 18 years old getting 80 bucks um a day for um these shoots which is so funny and then you're i mean on the cover of a magazine it's just yeah. Not many people get to ever say they've done that, no matter what era it is, no matter what year it is, except for the Hadids and the Kardashians. But not a lot of people get to be on the front, on the cover. So how how is that? What kind of whirlwind was that? How long were you in Rome for that first trip? Well, we went from Rome to Paris. Um, so I was probably gone 10 days. I don't know. So 45 years ago. Yeah. Um, but I think we were gone about 10 days. But just being able to see cities that had been in my textbooks months before was amazing yeah yeah was your dad a pharmacist no my dad is a chemical engineer yeah okay so something in chemistry though well and my sister's an electrical engineer with a master's degree so we have engineering are you kidding me don't you she was smart yeah I would say that's kind of an understatement. My son is an engineer, and he would say the smartest people on campus campus are chemical engineers. Oh. It's not just physics. It's also chemistry. Oh. And those are two different worlds. So, right. yeah, that is that is the smartest brain that's there. Are both your parents still alive? Yes, they are. Yeah, they're down. They in- are. Isn't that wonderful for you? Yes. Are they still in uh, upstate New York? No, no. We moved them a couple of years ago down to assisted living in Florida. Okay. Yeah. So your story then is there you are, 18 years old. You're, I guess you walked in graduation, but you didn't get to pledge Chi Omega at the University of Rhode Island like maybe no. you thought you were going to. No, never went. Right. But you know what? They've asked me to do the commencement speech in 2024. I don't have it confirmed yet, but they may give, if I do it, they don't pay you. They give you an honorary degree. Oh, they so do. I hope oh. that they ask me. I have to go. What an honor me. for you. Yeah. What an honor <laughs> for you. I totally skipped out on that whole college experience. Is that a regret? In a way, yeah, but something I can't quite fix. I'm taking online courses now for an associate's degree in theology. So you are. Yeah. And I want to study also um, fitness and nutrition to get certified there also. 
you'll be the Reverend Fit Barbie doll. <laughs> I mean, that will be your name, Reverend Fit Barbie. Um, because really, you and I know, because in our 60s now, that the world isn't about degrees. They're great, and they show that you did the work, maybe. But I've learned all my other lessons outside of that classroom or outside of that the degree helped was an entree because I'm a journalist that an entree into other things. So you mean the your degree is in life. hard knocks? Is that what you mean? Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's where I graduated from. Yeah. So <laughs> you're 18 years old. Then did you go live in Manhattan at the time? Oh, yeah. Yep. Moved right. You in. left home and that was it. And that's when they used to have a model apartment. So they still do yep. that where they put uh, you in housing. I don't know if they still do that. I would But did probably did they then you know, is that what they did for you? Yes I, yes. I lived in one for about three months and then I moved off by myself into a tiny little studio on uh sixty third and first. Oh that was oh that was Upper East Side. Yeah. That was you know that was kind of ahead of your time because that's now an area that I would feel better rather, I mean, I know a lot of people want to be in Midtown or something, but that's where kind of the adults live is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, there's yeah. a, there's a great Mexican restaurant at 52nd and 1st. If anyone wants to message me about it, oh. uh, we'll talk about it another time. Um, so there you were, <laughs> were your parents then worried about their daughter living in that big, bold city with the bright lights? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. And I'd call at the beginning, I'd check in and call all the time. And then as you start to get more established and a little bit uh, more comfortable, I found that I would need less and less of them and just be able to live on my own. But I mean, I went from a small little town to a huge city in a day. Wow. What, yeah. what a story. And then that's when we hear that, you know, because we all watched Saturday Night Live and we knew that there were some wild parties in New York. <laughs> was it as wild then for the modeling world that we always heard it was from illicit drugs and, you know, all these relationships and go, go, go? Or Because you're kind so. of just a small town girl, though. I, I was a small town girl. So uh, I was with Kelly Emberg when we were at that model apartment. Yeah. So we were in New York yeah. a couple of months and we went out to the grocery store on the corner to go get like a head of lettuce or something stupid, right? And I met Desi Arnaz Jr. on the street. Stop he's filming a it. Or no, he's filming a movie or something. He literally had us sit in his director chair that had his little name on it. And so I'm from, my parents are from Jamestown, which is where Lucille Ball, his mother's from. I've got chills. So, yes. I mean, we're, we're telling him all this. And he's like, so how would you girls like to go to Studio 54? And we're like, okay. Like thinking now. He's like, no, I'll pick you up at midnight. And we're like, wait, what? So we went with him to Studio 54. I swear, I got home at five in the morning and I called my parents because my dad wakes up at five and I'm like, I've been out all night and all I had was a glass of water. But the things that you could see and that's and just Studio 54 was a crazy place to be. It was a crazy, crazy place to be. <laughs> so by then you said you got there in 78. How long were you in New York? Well, I was there full time till 82. And then I met my first husband who lived in Ponte Vedra in Florida. So I started going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's why I needed nannies because I needed them to help me as I was traveling. My first son was born in 86. So I was busy working for 11 years. I traveled back and forth and back wow. and forth, sometimes weekly. 
especially if I was on, I, for Good Morning America, I was on every week for three years. I was their so fashion when, correspondent. Yes, I remember that sitting there with Charles Gibson, Charlie Gibson. And Joan Sitting London. there. I mean, yeah. I just remember that because I worked at the ABC affiliate. So, I mean, I just, you know, you have these indelible memories. Well, and remember people Regis who, Philbin when it was a local show right. and not national? Yes. No. Were you ever on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a crazy guy. <laughs> you could have been the Kathy Lee. It could have been yeah. the Regis and Kim show. Yeah, I know. I know. That would have been fun. Did you have aspirations of doing more on-camera work? Oh, yeah. I mean, I went off into hosting my own shows, but it yeah, I remember was that. never a national co-anchor type spot. Yeah. So I had, would have liked- I had a lot of media training, but I didn't have a broadcast degree. Oh, they're nothing. <laughs> Anyone can get them. Um, so tell me then about media training. So- they oh. sit you down then and tell you what to do, to look into the camera, to have a perfect bob on your head and oh, it all was, that? There was all sorts of stuff. So at this point, I've signed with Revlon. I was their ultimate two girl. And they put in the contract that they would pay for media training, speech lessons, voice lessons, acting lessons, all this. So wow. I would take media training um, because I, the early commercials, I actually saw one today that someone posted that on my social media they're like or they were chatting i don't know what you call that part when they just talk and you reply and stuff so she says yes there's suave yeah. commercial and uh i was 20 so i didn't you realize back then you don't know what you're doing so right. media training really sat me down they'd record me doing something either conducting an interview or whatever and then they'd make you watch it and they'd pick apart everything that you did wrong. It's cruel. Oh, it's just so cruel. But you do learn. You yeah. definitely learn that way. That's really what my broadcasting <clears throat> experience is. My journalism degree is one thing, but it wasn't until I had my first radio job where I hosted my own radio show that they'd go, and that's there was a tape recorder. Literally, they taped it, recorded it, stopped it, and they'd go, okay, you should have said these words and not these words. I remember sitting there thinking, somebody kill me. Right. Because but then this is this the, dimension. You know, when you yeah, add the, right. audio, the video right. with the audio. Right. Audio is one thing. That's just thinking about that's right. words. Yeah. But when you have to think about how you look. So sometimes I don't even like to see what I look like. I'm staring at you, not me. Because yeah. I'll be yeah, self-conscious. Right. Right. It's much right. easier to just relate to you instead of, believe it or Thinking. not, people pick up all that stuff in your eyes. I know. So you got to be careful. I know. Yeah. And now social media is, uh, there are trolls, Kim, who all they do is find pages to say ugly things about the person. Yeah. That's well, what they how, do. It's like their job. How about even, let's go a different direction, social media where you don't have to have any training whatsoever and all oh, of no. a sudden you're an influencer. And they're making more money than you and me. And right? they have no, no talent. No talent no. whatsoever. No. They can't and they, conduct an interview. They can't. No. They, they fall apart if they don't have their phone in their hand. I know. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> Just there. It, it is a crazy, crazy time. I have, okay. I, have, I have certain soapboxes that I'm just like, Ugh. Well, we'll get on those. Well, I'll get to that in just a minute. I'm going now chronologically because my producer, Darren, is texting me saying, I love these stories. And so oh. I want to make sure that we're going back because people could relate to um, knowing the girl in the big city. So we got you got you there in 78 and 82. You met 
my um, husband, the boy's yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. Jim. Jimbo. Yeah. And, okay, and Jimbo has an Arkansas connection. Isn't yes. that part of it? Yes. That was it. His mom was a Walton. That's right. Yep. That's right. That's right. I knew it, knew it, knew it, knew it. Knew it. Yeah. I knew I'd get around to it. Because Little Rock's, you know, Arkansas is a small town. It's a state, but it's a small town. Yeah. So we get you to 82. Then how do you, like, how does the most beautiful girl in the world meet just, you know, a guy, a bloke from Ponte Vedra Beach? How did you well, I, I met him in Africa. So I met him on my Sports oh, yeah. Illustrated bathing suit shoot in uh, uh, November of 81. So, oh. yeah, so I didn't had never heard of Ponte Vedra Beach. I hadn't ever, I don't even think, heard of Jacksonville. And when I met him, he and I, I mean, after we came back to the States, we just started, I flew back and forth and would be in New York and go down and visit. And hit the great thing about him is he was such an adventurer. We would go off on all sorts of adventures. And I didn't realize that here I am, city girl, not loving it, but tolerating and working all the time yeah. and needing to be there but realizing that i can go on different adventures and he flew a plane and we would just fly to the bahamas for lunch or whatever and Got i just it. realized i loved venturing out i love nature and so did he and so yeah. we went everywhere <laughs> okay well let's go back to sports illustrated how many covers of sport si did you do do you know zero Nuh uh Everyone uh -uh. says I've done six. So I didn't do the covers. I was inside. But everyone, all the introductions I have, they're on six covers yeah. of Sports Illustrated. I totally thought you were on the covers I, of everyone Sports does. Illustrated. Yeah. Yep. So were you were in the genesis of the swimsuit editions of Sports Illustrated, right? That probably was birthed in the 80s, maybe? I think it was before that. And Christy was oh. probably more the beginning. Okay. Christy and Cheryl Teagues. Okay, that's right. Cheryl Teagues was another yeah. name during. Um, yeah, so that there's time. actually I did a filmed a documentary that's coming out on the woman who was the um, editor for Sports Illustrated, Julie Campbell. She's yeah, still alive. She's ninety six. Is that right? And her daughter-in-law is doing a documentary on how the girls felt and how they related to Julie and how Julie would protect us and just the different things that we went through. So that at some point that documentary will be coming out. Do you feel like you, so she was a mother hen to you girls. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, it made us feel safe and protected. I'm sure your parents appreciated that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because your dad's there at the lab, you know, outside of Buffalo, you know, or twirling his mustache because he's so smart. He's thinking about how many molecules are in the air. And he's <laughs> thinking, my daughter has on enough clothing that would fit around my hand because those were teeny tiny bikinis with little strings, you know, and he's thinking, I've got to get down there and help her and protect her. And you were probably like, dad, I got Julie Campbell. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was tough. There was one photo there. The swimsuit was wet and we're in the middle of nowhere in the great barrier reef in Australia. And they're like, get the wow. suit wet. And I'm like, no, I'll be see-through. And they're like, get it wet. We'll retouch later. Well, the retouching was the opposite of, uh, <laughs> of which way I thought. And my dad says to me, what were you thinking? I said, I promise you, they said that they would fix it in yeah. post-production. So. And your image, they own your image once they snap the photo, correct? You don't have editorial control over, mm, I'm going to pass on that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. 
So you could have been taken advantage of. I don't know if you were. That may have been one time where you felt like it wasn't what you would, the image you would have chosen. But right. I, that happened all the time. I mean, even yeah. covers, I'm like, huh, wonder why they picked that. Or sometimes you do different outfits, a couple different outfits for things and something they chose. You'd be like, huh, I'm sure there was something different. I would have picked something different. So that's how I would look at photos. It wouldn't be, oh, look, I'm on this and everyone's going to love me. It was mm -hmm. no, it was more mm -hmm. like, hmm, what could I have done better here? Or did I like my hair? Or what about my expression? Mm -hmm. And so I was always trying to better myself and with my own feedback. Kind of hard on myself, <laughs> but it was good. Well, you're a perfectionist, I would assume. I don't think so. My mother's a perfectionist. And okay. It, so baking, she would like, oh, everything had to be measured perfectly. I eyeball, my sister and I dump, yeah. we eyeball everything. It, so I'm not she, she, a She's married to a chemical engineer. It made her crazy. I mean, she's a nice lady, I'm sure, but they are, mother, I'm sure. I mean, she, well, well, she's a perfectionist. Yeah, well, because she's married to somebody, though, who is, his job is based on perfection, not just a, yeah, I'll take it. He yeah. has to defend that. So yeah, that she probably about yeah. right. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> they would never, mm -mm, they would never act that way. It's Lisa Fisher with another satisfied Akles Carpet One customer. Yeah, that's right. My stylist, uh, the girl that does my hair, she was looking for flooring because she has humans that live there and pets. And you know what? Cats, they sometimes pee on your rug, right? Or your carpet. Well, her cat has, and she was going to replace it. And I said, just go to Akles. She went to the new location on Maumel Boulevard, technically North Lebrock, but we call that Maumel. Went in, uh, saw Todd with one D. That's what I call him. Paul was there, Erica Akel, and they got her hooked up. They gave her the best price. They gave her the best service. They came, the installers did the best installation. That's what happens every time when you're an Akel's Carpet One customer. It's not just me, though I've known Richard Akel for a hundred years. It's the fact that I'm a customer and he will do everything to make sure the customer is always right. Akel's Carpet One will beat the big box store prices. Wait, what? Yeah, you heard that right. Akel's Carpet One will beat the big box store prices. Three locations in Central Arkansas. Check them out. The new store, it's like a Dallas showroom. Akelscarpetone.com. Let's talk about why I started using the products from Beauty Counter. It was probably uh, maybe 2020. I'd heard about it for years, but I thought, really, does it make a difference? Yes, it does. These are the products. I mean, Beauty Counter is known. You go to ewg.org or go to their app and you put the Beauty Counter products in and they're the safest on the market. So that means no phthalates, no parabens. Um, those are things that are cancer causing. Those are things that disrupt your endocrine system. And boy, I talk a lot about estrogen and, and our hormones on this podcast. So I'm trying to protect mine and to protect mine and even my children and grandchildren. I'll give my girls something from Beauty Counter and say, here's the link, order something. And I'm saying that to you now because in February, if you're listening to this podcast in February of 2023, there is a discount for first time purchasers. And that's how I did it then. And I've been hooked ever since. And it's clean for all 30. That will be in the show notes. But I want you to try it. And they have a money back guarantee. I just sent something back yesterday because I didn't like the smell. It was, I've even changed out my deodorant everything because of anything that is in contact with my skin. I try to be really pristine about it. And I didn't love the smells 
free shipping back and I'll just order some more. Not a big deal. But link is in the show notes. Consider clean for all 30, 30% off. It's a great deal, guys. You'll love it. Beautycounter.com slash Lisa Fisher. Um, but for you, look, cause you know, <laughs> there are a lot of days I sure don't want to be on the, in a sports illustrated swimsuit, you know, pictorial, but you didn't have the choice. You know, there were days you might've felt fat or you were on your period or, or I didn't I don't know, you felt bathroom for a week. I was in Stop Santa it. Domingo and we would eat rice. So Stop I learned it. I learned to watch the native women. And if the native women were very, very big, I would be like, oh, don't eat the local food. But if they were tiny, I'm like, OK, it's OK to eat the local food. But sometimes you had no choice. So mm-hmm. but the rice did a number on me where I'm doing bikinis and I have not been able to go for a week. <laughs> It's terrible talk, but no, it, but it's the, the truth. It, I mean, when you're full of crap, literally you're sick. It It's toxic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why waste. Think about the, your garbage can. Yep. That's what the toilet is. And well, but believe it or everybody, not, everybody, you're I, welcome. I can show you pictures and you can't see that I had a distended belly or anything. God knows where wow. all that went or I didn't eat very much. I don't know. <laughs> now, did they edit? Could they edit like they do now? I that I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think so. No, Mm-mm. I don't think so. Because now you and I could edit on our phone and I could be a supermodel just with, you know, a move of this and a move of that. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I know that that's one of the that is another complaint or criticism of social media is that, well, I know this lady. In fact, are y'all listening? I've got this lady who's she's local here in Arkansas. She's got a million followers. And I met her in person and I gasped because she doesn't look like oh. the picture. She, I would say there's about a hundred pound weight difference. Not that I'm criticizing, but my point is right. you can make yourself anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't think in the seventies and eighties and probably even nineties that they had the capability right. in post-production that they do now. Right. right. So times have changed. What did you do? Were you a stickler? Because you're athletic. So athletes are different from just normal skinny people. You know what I mean? And that is not a criticism to either group. Right. But athletes, well, they're there to be fit. Well, they eat in the forms. Yes, that's right. So what were you doing then? Because were they putting you on a scale on Monday morning, Kim, going... You're 121. We wanted you at 120. Yeah. No, that was probably Eileen Ford, but I was with Elite. Yeah. So I did not okay. have to deal with that. Uh, I would have had a hard time. I probably would have left and gone into another field. Um, really? Miserable. Yeah. So for me, when I was first discovered, I was 145. And I was pure muscle. I mean, we were number one in New York State and in our medley relay. And I was ninth in back or twelfth and butterfly or something. So now swimmers though usually have the big broad shoulders. Yeah. And they underneath you, here. Yes. Yes. Because of the butterfly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I that's what I was gonna say. Blouses. The butterfly. Yeah, I would rip blouses. I might I'd try them on. I'd say to my mom, they they feel a little tight. <laughs> I'd rip them. So yeah. what did you do putting on a size two gown? I starved. 
when I found oh, out I was going to be that. a model in March of my senior year in high school, I then went into starvation mode. And back then there weren't a lot of diets. Yep. And so it was mainly Atkins. And so I went on Atkins. Well, I'm an A blood type, which is more of a fruit nut granola type girl. And right. I was eating mm-hmm. bacon and cheese and yeah. Ugh, ugh, oh, I would it just was not good. Cry not a good for fit for you. All I wanted was yeah. an apple. But I lost weight. I think I got down to 122, but I couldn't keep it off at 5'10". At 5 feet 10? I couldn't keep it off. Yep. So when we went to Rome, so we're in a five-star hotel, and I've got new girlfriends, and we're all ordering room service. (laughs) At a five-star hotel with room service, I was like, I wasn't thinking of cause and effect, but I'm sure I gained some of that back there. Yeah, that's, I'd say, a little too thin for somebody 5'10". So how long did you have to battle your mind then about weight forever? I'm still doing it. Yeah, still doing it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's part of your wiring or do you think that's part of your profession? You're going to find that every single model that was successful, maybe even not the ones that weren't successful, they always have something they don't like about themselves. One thing. Someone may mention their eyebrow or their nose or their ears being off or something. And for you and I, it wouldn't bug us because we don't, we're not sensitive to it. Right. right. But one little thing. And when mm. every photo you look at, that's what you look to see. Oh, see. Did I pass that test? Or, oh, you know, am I fine? But for some reason, because I grew up swimming and swam so often was always in a swimsuit. I didn't feel self-conscious in the Sports Illustrated swimsuits. I kind of felt at Good. home. I didn't Good. really, we didn't really starve. I mean, but I'm 21 to 29 those years. I had babies in between, so. You had babies in between and you bounced back? Yes, actually. So in 86, I had my son, March, uh, April of 86. That year, October, I did a Sports Illustrated, came back a week later and ran the New York City Marathon. No, you didn't. Yes. So did. you are a way overachiever. <laughs> Have you taken the Enneagram test? Do you uh, know no. about the Enneagram? No, I've taken other tests, but I don't. Okay, I bet you're a three. They're just over. They're just achievers. You're just an achiever. So you look at this, not if your goal was to get back into the swimsuit, it was the competition you have with yourself oh, yeah. to get it done. Oh, yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks after having giving birth to my oldest son in 86, I think it was 10 days. I was out running. <laughs> Again, the doctor said, you know, give it six say. weeks. Oh, no, 10 days. I was out running. We had a little problem after that, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The body will tell you, put the brakes on it. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like then that you developed an eating disorder through that, through those years or disordered eating, I think is what they call it now? Um, no, I just learned. I mean, I probably had days or times when, yes, I would be eating or doing the wrong thing. I would almost go the other way. So I have a story with Irving Penn. Do you know who he was? He was a very famous older gentleman photographer. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. He worked. Yes, 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 yes. 
So I was working for him for Vogue one day and you do hours and hours of hair and makeup. You start at nine in the morning and you do hours of makeup and then they do your hair and then they put on clothes. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Penn decides he's going to call lunch. Well, I kind of felt a little fat that day. So I decided, okay, I'm going to be virtuous. I'm just not going to eat. So I literally stood in the clothes because you cannot sit and wrinkle them, right? So I stood in the clothes. I didn't move my hair because if you move your hair, then whatever style it was kind of just gets messed up, right? So I kept my head in position and I kind of just stood there and watched everyone eat, starving, starving, right? But I'm thinking, oh, well, this is for a good cause. So then (laughs) I get on set with Mr. Penn. He looks through his lens. He looks up at me. He looks back through his lens and he was using a four by five Hasselblad. What's a four by five? Four by, it's just a, it's the small a camera type of a camera. So it wasn't okay. a 35 millimeter. And hmm. so he's looking through that and he looks up and he says, I can't work with her. She has no life in her eyes off the set. And I never Seriously. worked with him again. Seriously. Never worked with him again. I, I want you young girls to listen to that story. Yep. Food is life. It's fuel. Yes. And you were sitting there thinking, I, this is my goal, but your, your innards weren't showing what you thought your outer outward area was expressing. Right. You thought I'm fine. I'm going to do this. No, you're starving. Yeah, I was starving. Yeah. So I had to learn to eat foods that were beneficial and supportive for me instead of throwing me in the opposite direction. Um, and then if I did eat something that was a cheat because I wanted to not feel deprived, you know, those feelings yep. where you just yep. don't want to yep. feel deprived, I would yep. go out and run 10 miles. I used to you be able to go do that and I'd burn yep. whatever it was off. So I had a chocolate chip cookie around. I mean, I'd say that I'd run marathons for chocolate chip cookies because I <laughs> love chocolate well, chip great. cookies. Well, I, I want to get the young girls around the radio on this or <laughs> however you're listening to this. I'm so used to being in the radio. Um, you can't do that anymore in your 40s and 50s. Okay, kids? In your yeah. 20s, you can skip lunch and lose five pounds. In your 30s, you can skip dinner and lose five pounds. In your 40s, you have to skip all of December. <laughs> so I, I'm glad and to know. Because there, you totally forget about it. It's like, no, oh my goodness. Right. Well, that's why, I mean, I, not that this is about me, but just to let you know, my connection is uh, I'm a Hashimoto's patient. Me too. Um, thyroid patient. Me too. Um, and I'm an intermittent faster. So intermittent fasting changed my life in 2017. I'm a certified health coach from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York, there on Seventh Street, and or Seventh Avenue. Actually, know them. yeah, yeah. And um, so that I've now I now see what the body needs in our 40s and 50s and 60s, and it's you can't live that life anymore. So I, I'm assuming that the punchline is then you got to your 40s if you had the chocolate chip cookie and you ran 10 miles. You may have gained five pounds. I couldn't even run 10 miles at some of it. I I guess I ran my last marathon at 46, but yeah, that was enough of that. So my problem was training for that last marathon at 46. I gained 15 pounds because my adrenals were so burned out and my cortisol levels rose. And so then it's the whole other battle. You love exercise because I remember Jody saying that about you, that your kids, you were always on adventures and doing things. What do you do now in your 60s? Because now we know exercise affects our mental health and we want strength. 
right. as much as anything. But what do you do now for fitness? So I had started having knee problems, just had an MRI, my first one ever at 62. Oh, no. And so I have micro fractures in my knee. And so I'm like, they said, you can't run anymore. I'm like, what? I mean, that was my oh. go-to, just run out the yeah. door. I don't care what hotel yeah. I was in, where, what country yeah. I was in, Thailand, yeah. whatever it was, I was just out the door running. So now it's back to swimming, back in the pool, okay. and okay. also biking. And then I go to the gym. I love lifting. I lift with dumbbells. Good. I'm with the guys over by the um, all the dumbbells and just Is love. Is that right? Yeah. Love, love, That's love so that cute. more than the machines. And, and yeah. I'm not really a class girl. I don't mind doing a spin class once in a while, but I find they're constantly pushing and I take that to heart. So when they say add more weight, I'm adding yeah. and I come out of there wiped out. So yeah. I have to, again, be careful of not overdoing it. Yeah. You don't have to be told twice. You know, you no. are so driven, Kim, that they tell you and you're like, all righty. Yeah. Crank are you a up, golfer? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you a golfer? Because golfers are so competitive with themselves. Yes. So I started doing golf. I mean, I grew up playing golf, but I took it up um, probably seven years ago as a way to get out and help charities. So yeah, I, I, I enjoy. Great. I don't play enough to be great, but thank God it's best ball. And sometimes I've got a great drive or a great putt and I can contribute. Good. My middle game, yeah. it's hard. When you play with guys and you're on a fairway and they're like, oh, it's 200 yards to the to the green mm -hmm. i'm like okay well that's my driver and i can't hit a driver off of the mm -hmm. fairway so i'm like you guys go i'm never going to get it that far uh, so you don't mind competing with guys then i've learned that it, they're happy if you're fun and if you're uh energetic and for the most part that's all they really are looking for and once in a while you tell them they have a good shot believe it or not they're the ones trying to show off for you so well not many times i play with the supermodels so I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they're all showing off for you but well and they that's do great sometimes they do great i mean because you have to stand oh. there on the men's tee right and i've got my ball and my tee ready to go and my i've got my driver all my gloves on and i'm standing there when they're all done talking on the tee i have to run down to the ladies tee right and i hate them oh. all waiting for me yeah, so, you know how they drive the cart up and then they're quiet and they're sitting there and you're, so I'm like, all nope, I've already staring at you. I've already smacked yes. the ball. It's, it, it's over there. It's good. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay. So we've gotten you to about um, the late eighties. You had both the boy, you have two boys. I have three sons. Th three sons. That's right. That's right. You had all boys. Um, and then did your interest in modeling dissipate or, cause I know you love being a mother. I loved being a mother. So when I got my Revlon contract in 83, 84, somewhere around there, I was paid not to work, meaning I was exclusive. So they only wanted me for certain things. They didn't want me spread out all over the place. Okay, good. Well, I had that contract for three years. And then because I had been, it, I replaced Lauren Hutton for Oh, I remember. I mean, people so, are still talking about the water cooler, I'm sure. I mean, that was a big deal. Well, so then trying to go back and do what I was doing before Revlon didn't work. People would be like, what are you doing here? You're better than this. Why are you at this, you know, Sears booking or whatever it would be? I see. Yeah. So um, I realized that my branding had changed and I needed to start pursuing other things. So that's why I went into hosting TV shows. Oh, and then good. I went on a speaking circuit and 
just trying different other opportunities. My parents had raised me, you can try anything you put your mind to, um, just give it a try. You know, the important part was trying. You were reinventing yourself. Yeah, I still am. <laughs> yeah, good. Same. Why do you think I'm 60 and I'm a health coach? I mean, yeah. washed up radio TV personality. All right, I do something else. Yes. Uh, but part of that too is a work ethic that's not going to let you slow down. Right. Right. So your parents did something right. So that was Ponte Vedra Beach. So were you glad to be out of the cold and rain and dark winters of New York? Yeah, but you know when you grow up with that in Buffalo, New yeah, York, you, get, you kind of think that's, that's normal. So yeah, it's it's. Not, I would go down and it would be Christmas time, and my sons would be out throwing footballs, and I'm like, wait, we're supposed to be inside, and there's supposed to be a blizzard outside, and we're all supposed to be sitting yeah. around watching football on TV, not playing right. it outside at 80 right. degrees. So we all grow up with different things that we get used to. Some people were used to palm trees at Christmas. I was not. I was used yeah. to a heck of yeah. a lot of snow. And now where are you? Where on the globe are you? I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, well, that's paradise. Yes. <laughs> yes. My husband just said today, he goes, what if we wintered in Scottsdale? I go, you could talk me into that. Yeah. Because we don't like now, the older you get, <laughs> I mean, I sound like my grandmother, but it is cold in the winter. Even in Arkansas, we can have some cold days and I want sunlight. Don't you love the sunlight? I do. I do. And the, the ability to be able to go out at, at any point actually get a little offended when it rains too much here i'm like what it's slowing me down well that happens for about three days in february right <laughs> yeah maybe a couple of months yeah 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 now i will say your summers are pretty brutal what do you do in the summer i in, i embrace it and enhance it so riding a bike you get a little breeze and wind and try and get yeah. your exercise done before 9 a.m and be done for the day huh so uh, you're not married to the boy's father anymore, right? No. You have a, okay, yeah. different husband. Tell me about the Kim Alexis now then that you'd like to share. It's a, totally up to you. <laughs> That's too general of a question. Um, well, I don't want you to think I'm prying because it's your personal life and I want to be, because I want to be respectful of that, but <laughs> spill the tea. Yeah, so I'm married for five years, and he's he's lived here since he was, I think, 20. And I never thought I would date someone that was, let alone living in Scottsdale, versus move here. But I really do enjoy it. So good. He's wonderful. It's it's wonderful to be um, loved and protected and taken care of. And isn't that the truth? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, your faith is important to you. Yes, my faith is important to me. So I'm actually studying, I'm getting an associate's, associate's degree in theology. So studying um, under Kevin Zadai, who's one of the, he's got a big school. And so oh. credited through Primus. Primus? Primus? Okay. Yeah. And what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> um, I, my big, if you could say it in one word, would be encouraging, encouraging to other women. And I'm a natural teacher. Uh, so I've started um, doing small videos. My brand at this point is clean living and it's all aspects, whether it's the fitness, the nutrition, yeah. your mindset, and yeah. also your spirituality. So all those make up your package and all of equally important and need yeah. to be poured into and fed daily. So try and do that. Was 
Was there a time that you were not abiding by the clean living principles? Like, did yeah. you have to get burned as a someone in their 20s that yeah. dipped your toe and whether it yeah. was illicit yeah. drugs or eating crap or whatever? Because it's yeah. all bad for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't so much eating poorly, but um, there was something that I would take to not have much of an appetite <laughs> for yeah. a while. Right. Um, because people would give you feedback or they'd purpose, the <sighs> stylist would purposely zip you in the zipper and say, honey, you need to lose weight or something just to uh, make themselves oh. feel better. Mm. So um, I took all those words to heart and thought, okay, well, let's just, again, not eat. How healthy is that? Right. So there was a time where I was in bad relationships and with men that I should not have listened to and been with and different even agencies putting you in bad positions and bad um scenarios and thinking that they were protecting you and that was your like mother agency and they were looking yep. out for your best interest and sometimes it wasn't so uh so learning to set healthy boundaries and what made me feel good about myself and where i needed to say no no matter how angry i made people feel uh because that was just their opinion I'd have to say to myself, okay, that's their opinion. It's not my opinion. So that's very I healthy. learned healthy boundaries. And when you're mm -hmm. a model, to be a successful model, you become a people pleaser because you're trying to give the photographer the shot <laughs> or the advertising mm -hmm. agency, whatever look it is that they want. So I was very good at reading what other people wanted. And then when it would cross the line as to what I felt comfortable with i'd have to say mm -hmm. i don't care what you think and sometimes walk out of bookings wow. and then i'd have my agency mad at me i would have everyone in the room mad at me but guess what down the line i mean we didn't know back in the 80s and 70s about google right no right being able was, to yeah. find no yeah so yeah. thank god <laughs> Back in the day, then, were you and Christy Brinkley, like, cruising the Sonic in Manhattan and ordering cherry limeades together? Like, were you pals with the models, your peers? I was. I can't, I can't ever imagine having a cherry, whatever you just said. Um, I know. You know, that's, that's what you do in Arkansas. At 2 o'clock, it's happy hour. You yeah. cruise the uh, Sonic, you get a, a cherry limeade, and then you, it's half price. You go about your day. There's not much good in those things, I don't think. <laughs> girl i know it's part of my it's part of the ruse of people yeah. you know just meaning were you chums were you doing stuff together no no not really i mean number one we we're all working she's five six years older than i am um, okay well then who but, so your peers we said were Janice I, dickerson or dickinson i know well who i'd hang out with is kelly emberg and nancy Don oh, kelly and carol alt is one year younger than me so oh those they're still who i keep in touch with and are they still active, doing things, wanting to model, you know, modeling wise? No, or no, they're appearances. Off, they're off into other ventures. Like you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, that's so here you are 62. Then you want to ride off into the sunset because you'll live to 102. I mean, if you haven't had cherry limeade, you're going to live to 132. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm going to die at 102 because I used to drink them back when I yeah didn't put good fuel in my body don't you like sweet um, tea don't you like the sweet tea yes of course i like the sweet tea <laughs> but yeah i just sugar do we need to discuss sugar sugar is poison y'all yeah i, I know. mean yeah yeah I just it feeds cancer yeah. it feeds dementia yeah it makes your Alzheimer's. body acidic 
Yeah. Yes, right. There are just so many things about it. But Thanksgiving's next week, and I might even have a glass of wine with my sweet tea and my pecan pie. You know, oh, <clears throat> pecan pie. Really, really, yeah, live on. Put weight on pecan pie and those bins of those uh, popcorn <laughs> with the caramel and the. Oh. Yes, we like to call that popcorn goodness. Uh, we like to call that heaven. Yeah, no, there's certain things that make the hips grow, and those two are some of them. Well, Wait, you want to talk about why? Because it's inflammatory. Corn is genetically modified. Yep. So the corn that we're eating isn't what the pilgrims ate. Right. And that's why the pilgrims weren't fat. (laughs) (laughs) We're fat from eating corn and sugar. Right. Because it's highly processed frankenfoods. And it makes our bellies get bigger. Yeah. Well, and the pecan pie is just the carbs and the sugar together. And it's delicious. It is. I'll just tell you that. So as I was saying, as your next <laughs> few years, then you want to encourage women. Are you a grandparent yet? No, and I have a 36-year-old son. Well, yeah. I've got a 24-year-old model daughter. I would think the DNA there would be very good. Yeah. Um, grandparenting is the best invention I- since the false eyelashes were okay so i tell my sons for the what the last 10 years you know it'd be really (laughs) nice to have a grandchild and they turn white as a sheet and they're like mom (laughs) oh is that politically incorrect can we not do that anymore i don't know okay good yeah then then they'll say um when are you going to move back here i'm like when you give me a child and that's good um then i'll come that's good buy a condo there and they're like i knew you were going to say that that's a great incentive. Yeah. Are all three boys in the Jacksonville area? Yes. Yep. Yep. And none married. Oh. Wait, yeah. they are or aren't? They are in Jacksonville oh. at the beach, yeah. Okay. Well, that's paradise right there. So, all right. I know where we're going to Christmas. We're coming to see uh, Kim Alexis's family yep. in Jacksonville when there, we can get down there. there when you, you have a grandbaby, invite everybody. <laughs> Kim, you're a doll. And what's amazing is your tresses, your hair is as youthful as it was when you were 18. How how do you keep your hair in such good condition? Uh, I, Diet? I don't know. So literally when COVID hit, February of 2019, my hair was to here. Nuh-uh. So this you had short hair? grown since, since then. It's two and a half years grown. How come it looks so good? Like, what's your secret? <laughs> you got to find the combination. I just did this this video on toxic shampoos. Do you know how many toxins yeah. are in shampoos? Oh, my yeah. goodness. So now I'm yeah, looking I'm for all it. these natural ones. And I actually did, um, I put on some conditioner and it was like, my hair it was terrible. So I'm like, okay, there might be some really toxin free, but some don't work on your hair. So I literally have been playing around with what does and doesn't work. Okay. Well, whatever you're doing is working. Ah, thank you. So I'll send people, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to kimalexis.com. There you go. And they can reach out to you. We can hire you to come speak to our group and pay you millions of dollars. And when that, when you come to Arkansas, we're going to the Sonic and we're, we're going to drive through and get the cherry limeade. No, and we're going to find something there that's healthy. Okay, <laughs> it's right. got to be something. Water. Right, yeah, we're going to have water there. Um, you come see us anytime in Arkansas, but God bless you and really proud of the hard work you've exhibited and the hard work you sh- you're showing people that 62 is not slowing you down at all. No, no, I'm trying not to. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Good job. All Good right. job. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.